0: hello everyone and welcome back to the movie dicks podcast i'm gabriel chavez and i
1: am paul shindle
0: today we are expectorating the phlegm covered hairball that is 2019 (laughs) hats. If you don't know anything about this movie, first of all, this is a comedy podcast. If you have not seen the movie we're about to shit on and you want to avoid spoilers, stop now. But if you don't care about spoilers or you want to laugh and learn why this movie sucks so bad, ring the doorbell and say trick or treat, I promise I didn't put razor blades in the apples. <laughs> Without further ado, let's hand it over to Pablo Francisco. <clears throat> A tribe of cats called the Jellicles must decide yearly which one will ascend to the heavyside side layer and come back to a new Jellicle life. Paul, did you get that from this movie? I didn't. <laughs> think that. I, I I kind of understood that there was like a American Idol thing going on for a second, and that they got like accepted into the life. Yeah. Or something. I just I, I think I sure.
1: figured out that Jellicle was a not a real word. Maybe <laughs> forty-five minutes through the,
0: <laughs> the movie or something Dude, like that. I, I feel like the movie doesn't really make any effort to show you that there's something happening in a story for like 25-30 minutes. So for like 30 minutes, you're just hanging in these like musical sequences and you're like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) I mean, that's how I felt. But anyway, but first, a little disclaimer for this episode in particular, this is perhaps the worst movie ever made. I'm not joking. I feel like this is the worst movie I've ever seen. You've heard that correctly. It's worse than Manos, Hands of Fate, Kirk Cameron, Saving Christmas, Disaster Movie and Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2 combined. If you took all of those movies and put them together, like I, I still think that this is worse but this disclaimer is in direct response to the utter horror of a movie I experienced this week it's not just terrible I honestly believe that this movie is detestable and that it is so <laughs> ignorant that it actually manages to shape cats into a white savior movie with a horrifying murder of the only two black characters that speak at the hands of white characters and worse yet they praise themselves <laughs> for doing so I'm not joking I had to think I had to look this up to make sure I wasn't reading too far into this, but I'll get to this later. It's a whole thing about changing the color of cats in order to fit the... Fu- I, it. I'll get to it. But also, I'm going to say fuck and cunt a lot in this episode because this movie had me wanting to fucking slit my wrists rather than continue watching it. It took me 12 tries, Paul, just to get through the first seven minutes of this dumpster fire. And it was my face
1: melted a little bit too (laughs) when I was watching it.
0: You felt like you were having a stroke while you were watching it? Uh, But it is the worst thing I've ever had to sit through. I'm not joking when I say that. But So I apologize in advance if you're sensitive to those words. Just know, I say cunt meaning the british cunt aka a stupid person as in the first entry of the oxford english dictionary defined as a very unpleasant or stupid person not a woman (laughs) or a woman's anatomy with that out of the way this movie was released by universal pictures through their working title productions in association with amblin entertainment perfect world pictures yes yes what the fuck Perfect World Pictures, Monumental Pictures, and The Really Useful Group. Working Title is a UK offshoot of Universal Pictures, but they have given us such gems as Shaun of the Dead, one of my very, very favorite fucking movies. Love Actually, probably my favorite rom-com, if you can call it that. High Fidelity, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Spirited Away, a great, great animation flick. And The Big Lebowski, which I cannot... Fucking speak about enough. Like I quote <laughs> that movie in my everyday life ever since I saw it. I, I'm not joking. I literally it's a weird quote life, that. No. Movie. It is, dude. I literally quote that movie every day of my life. And it's not even that like I'm one of those weird fans that has to go to like Lebowski Fest or anything like that. It's just the lines in that movie and the comedy in that movie is so perfect that it fits so many situations in your everyday life that you can just pull some catchphrase out of it. (laughs) It totally works. But as well as such awful detritus as The Snowman starring Michael Fassbender, Son of the Mask, and Captain Corelli's Mandolin, one of my all-time most hated Nicolas Cage movies with Penelope Cruz. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> I'm going
1: to uh, I'm gonna
0: have to go check oh it out. Oh my god. Know. It's so bad, dude. Christian Bale is in it for a second and they're like it made me lose some respect uh, for Christian Bale that year. <laughs> but Amblin, of course, as Paul said, is Spielberg's company. They're responsible for everything that he's done as well as Back to the Future, The Goonies, Twister, Poltergeist, as well as the Transformers movies. So that is something for sure. So yeah, whatever they think is going to be the next smash hit and it's Gonna make money basically perfect world pictures recently released the king of staten island with pete davidson thank you coronavirus for giving me a lackluster judd apatow movie that i did not like but that's besides the point robert downey jr's money laundering operation known as Doolittle, the 50 shades of gray <laughs> movies and the remake of the Charlie's Mm. Angels remake. So another remake of a remake. They also gave us some good movies too. Spike Lee's brilliant Black Klansman, First Man from Whiplash, Maestro Damien Chazelle, and P.T. Anderson's incredible farewell film for Daniel Day Lewis, Phantom Thread, which was one of my favorites in 2017. Why do you say it's a farewell? Because that was his last movie, dude. That was what he retired on. You didn't know that, dude? It was like a big thing. I didn't know he was retired. Yeah, Phantom Thread he said was going to be his last movie and he was never were gonna act again and he quit. He said that he was tired of like taking time away from his family and like delving into these characters and not being able to come back fully. And he said that, you know, Bill the butcher fucked his life up for a long time. <laughs> and then he said he said playing Daniel Plainview that it took him a good six months after he got home to disconnect from that character because he was like taking it out on his son every day and he didn't understand why. And it was because of the way that he played Daniel Plainview and uh there were i could see that anyway (laughs) yeah he's retired dude it's a fucking shame man rest in peace great actors (laughs) Drainage. he
1: tells the kid oh my god (laughs) the kills milkshake runs down or whatever
0: monumental pictures has a lot of things in pre- or post-production but they gave us a tv show called harlots no idea what that is another one called ghosts also no idea and a movie called how to build a girl and this, so yeah, not off to a great start for their production company. The really useful group gave us some good flicks in *The Perks of Being a Wallflower*, *Breakfast on Pluto*, and Woody Allen's tennis affair, known as *Match Point*, which is one of my favorite Woody Allen movies, actually. Yeah. But *Twisted* also is great. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's so well acted. I mean, I hate I hate saying that I like a Woody Allen movie because the guy's a fucking pervert and married his stepdaughter and all that <laughs> other shit. It's fucked up. If you don't know about Woody perverts Allen, perverts make like, great
1: art. What are you going (laughs) to do?
0: Fuck. Sure, yeah. But they also gave us some shit like the 1998 version of Cats, as well as this version and Phantom of the Opera. Yes, the Gerard Butler, Gerald or Joel Schumacher 143 minute disaster of a fucking movie. <laughs> the producers we blame, almost did
1: that one for this show,
0: we all yeah, 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 yeah you were you were saying you want to do a musical, and I know that you were pushing that pretty hard, and it just randomly popped into my head, I was like, you know what cats is one of those things that I eventually have to get to to figure out what the fuck happened there because <laughs> Anyway, the the producers to blame for this abomination are the usual company men from Universal and Warner Brothers. That's Tim Beaven, Eric Fellner, Deborah Hayward, a producer named Joe Byrne, uh, Liza Chasen, Ben Howarth, the guy who created the musical version of this, Andrew Lloyd fucking Weber, Angela Morrison... and Sarah Jane Robinson for working title as well as director Tom Hooper Andrew Lloyd Webber I won't get into because we know why his name is here as executive producer and the company men notwithstanding the rest of these people should be reprimanded Ben Haworth produced the HBO TV version of His Dark Materials which I still have not seen as well as Mary Poppins Returns War Machine with Brad Pitt for Netflix and one of Hooper's previous movies called The Danish Girl. Liza Jason, while being a producer, seems to be a company man in that she was a development executive for a while, and she has produced a lot of movies for Universal over the years. Not worth going into because this movie undoes any respect she may have garnered with her other 73 titles she produced over the years. Some of them being very respectable, but I'll leave you to Google her because I just, I don't want to get into it here because I got to get to this fucking movie. There's so much I got to say here. (laughs) That leaves us Joe Byrne, who produced the bizarre but fun World War II zombie flick called The Overlord, have you seen that, Paul?
1: Uh, no, I don't think I have.
0: It's good, man. Like I, I don't, I don't want to like pump it up, but if you haven't seen it, this is a violent ass fuck movie that's really goddamn entertaining. It's a I'm zombie movie that takes place during World War II. It's basically Wolfenstein and Band of Brothers mixed yeah. together. It's yeah. really fucking weird. But anyway, Joe also produced Alex Garland's cosmic horror film we mentioned before, Annihilation, as well as the pilot episode of Game of Thrones, a show that literally shit the bed in its final act, and his disappeared from the collective consciousness of the entire world like that seriously when was the last time you heard somebody talk about game of thrones besides us
1: Mm -hmm. i don't know two days after the the season finale yeah
0: yeah (laughs) That was the last time. But, but this movie, this movie stars a ton of people. Some respected, others that are pop culture celebrities that suck. Among them are the lead role played by Francesca Hayward, who is the principal ballerina at the Royal Ballet. That was why she was cast. She has two other acting credits, one feature and one short, so nothing really to speak of here in terms of screen acting. The flaming car fire of a quote unquote actress known as Rebel Wilson is in this flick. <laughs> (laughs) I I personally hate this woman's acting and her quote-unquote comedy. It's what Eric Cartman on South Park referred to as a fat chick who jokes around about her vagina all the time. I know I'm being reductive here because of males doing the same thing like Seth Rogen and Chris Farley and every other fat guy comedian that jokes about their dick all the time. But I think Rebel Wilson is annoying more than anything, and I don't know how she has a career, to be honest. Like, I fucking do not like this woman there
1: always needs to be one one type of that like character available for these types of roles and
0: yeah yeah i mean there's no i can't think of any like that white women comedian actresses now that i think about it what's her name
1: from spy
0: and uh, oh melissa mccarthy there you go yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, okay all right right. so i stand corrected i'm sorry
1: she's the british version (laughs) probably less funny so yeah and she doesn't
0: and she doesn't have any dramatic talent either at least melissa mccarthy has some dramatic talent i would say she's
1: (laughs) adequate I'll watch one of her movies and enjoy it probably. So. As long as it's not <laughs> Ghostbusters 2016. Oh my
0: god. Holy shit.
1: And then I will <laughs> shit fucking flaming diary out of my ass.
0: <laughs> what, what a way, dude. What a way to seriously drink an entire bottle of X-Lax and just fucking crouch <laughs> Over everybody involved in that and just shit all over them. I, I fucking hated Ghostbusters. And the new one, before it got killed by coronavirus, the new one when the trailer premiered, I was like, what the fuck like so now we're gonna do a preteen version of ghostbusters like what the fuck is happening
1: stranger things ghostbusters yeah Yeah. and they
0: have one of the kids from stranger things in it too and i'm just like okay so now we're really not even trying we're just like paste cutting and pasting shit together and forming like franken movies and pushing them out for summer release but (laughs) moving on James James Corden plays a fat cat that rummages through trash. He's another celebrity that I hate much like Billy Eichner. I wish I had never known about this man ever existing. He's been in the emoji movie, Paul. That's what you need to know about him. No.
1: Oh, no. no, no.
0: He's a hack that keeps trying to be funny, and people keep paying him, and I don't know why. And he has 71 acting credits, Paul. How does he have 71 acting credits? He's likable, I guess. Oh, my God. I fucking hate him, so I don't know who he's (laughs) doing. Well, Gabe, you got a lot of hate to go around, apparently. (laughs) So... (laughs) Uh, Speaking of people that I hate, Taylor Swift is also in this movie, presumably to try to attract the white 20-something women to the theater to see this thing. She has one scene, one song, and she was in the Jeff Bridges and Meryl Streep movie called The Giver. She voiced Audrey in the CGI animated version of the Lorax, as well as the holiday-themed disaster of a film called Valentine's Day. That's it. Those are her only three acting roles. Besides music videos, if you want to call that acting. (laughs) Unfortunately, some great actors were taken down in this movie as well. The first is the That's exactly who I'm going to talk about. The great, great (laughs) Idris Elba. He plays the bad guy, okay? And he's black. Shameful at the very least that they cast him that way. But I'll get to that more later because they actually changed the color of the cat in order to fit Idris Elba. He has been in a non-stop source of great acting material prior to this. While his movies aren't always good, <clears throat> the dark tower
1: <clears throat> still haven't even seen that just oh dude i really it's, enjoyed the books and i just feel don't like I don't do it need, don't, I don't do need it to. dude I don't need to it's
0: it's a it's a 90 minute pg13 disaster of a movie yeah. that it just it doesn't work in any way, and Matthew McConaughey has systematically fucked up his career since he bought <laughs> or since he got the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. But I'll, I'll get to that in some other episode. We sh- we should do Sea of Trees, by the way, at some point because I I fucking hated that movie. That's another one that it's like a great director, Gus Van Sant, Matthew McConaughey coming straight off of his acting or his winning role in Dallas Buyers Club, and Ken Watanabe, the great Japanese actor, and it's like a a celebrated Pulitzer Prize winning book and they fucked that movie up like so badly. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of unbelievable. You gotta see it to believe it. Idris Elba's work for the TV show The Wire cannot be over-exalted. The TV show Luther, he's incredible in. He's in some of the Marvel movies that we really don't want to talk about or I don't care about. He's also in, uh, in Molly's Game, Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut, Beasts of No Nation, which is a great fucking movie, American Gangster, Ridley Scott's great, great fucking movie. 28 weeks later which is a great sequel as well as the less great movies like pacific rim which is a good movie but it's not like a great movie
1: i actually really really I, enjoyed that movie. <laughs> i really enjoyed
0: <laughs> that movie too but
1: i can't just, say that's probably my favorite part of that movie too oh yeah
0: for uh, sure yeah. when he when he has his speech and he says we're gonna cancel the apocalypse i'm like oh fuck oh. yeah dude <laughs> yeah but he was also in prometheus which you know like it, i really wanted to like that movie and there's a lot to like in there but like it's not a good movie i can't recommend Wait, that how does
1: he die in that does he die I uh, he, dies, yeah he
0: dies so. he dies uh how does he die in the movie? yeah i don't remember if he <laughs> died <laughs> No, uh, I think he bad. blew up in the ship or something like that. He wasn't the first to go. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Danny McBride lasts way too long in that movie. He should have died a lot sooner. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he's, he's fucking bad. But I, I can't tell you how heartbreaking it is to see such a great man fall by making a movie like this. British tough guy, Ray Winstone co-stars his growl tiger in perhaps one of the it most should shameful... should never be
1: allowed shameful to sing again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Jesus well, the dude he makes he makes fucking seth rogan's singing in the lion king seem palatable <laughs> so bad he is perhaps the worst role in this movie like i was i was i felt ashamed for him you know that like that thing of a of like shame that you have or like embarrassment where you get like goosebumps and you like really you know you really want to just disappear when you get really embarrassed you it stop please yeah that's, how, Please, that's, I man, <laughs> that's
1: Please, how I felt watching yeah. him.
0: That's how I felt watching him in this man. I really did. Ray is great in *Sexy Beast*, one of my favorite, favorite oh, yeah. fucking movies. Oh, he's yeah. in *The Departed*, which is one of my favorite Martin Scorsese movies. He's in *Hugo*, another great Martin Scorsese movie. Forty-four inch chest, which he's also great in *The Proposition*, which is by far one of my favorite modern westerns. I fucking. Yeah. Maybe, the War Zone with Tim Roth, which is an absolutely unforgiving movie that's hard to watch, as well as the movie that I was introduced to him in, which is Gary Oldman's movie Nail by Mouth. If you don't know about Nail by Mouth, it's intense. It's a masterclass in acting by Ray and is harsh and very, very fucking raw. It's vicious and unforgettable. It's also It also happens to be Gary Oldman's directorial debut. If you have a strong heart and stomach, it's unbelievably rewarding and brutal, but you should totally see it if you out the stomach for it. It's a great fucking movie. Hmm. Award winner, dude. It has the record for the most usage of the word cunt in any movie is in no boy mouth. They huh. say it uh, they say it 183 times in that movie. That's a lot of cunts. It's a lot, yeah. It's yeah. a lot. But I mean it's it's about domestic abuse, dude. That's why I say it's so fucking like hard to watch. Like it's brutal. And Ray Winstone's great. Don't in it. don't
1: call but, if I've seen it or not. Uh,
0: I mean, you remember up... you remember you remember the uncomfortable feeling that you had when when you watched uh, Gaspar Noyes, I Stand Alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's like that. It's 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 literally like that same kind of movie, but without the violence. Well, without the gory violence. Like there's plenty of violence yeah. in it, but it's that same sort of feeling. So watch it at your own risk. Academy Award winner Jennifer Hudson co-stars is the only other talking black character in this movie. She of course won her Oscar in 2007 for Dreamgirls, in which she is incredible as Effie White. She's great in Shyrak as well. Spike Lee's movie. And to be honest, other than those two movies, I have, haven't seen her in anything else but it's a shame she was cast in this it's even more shameful what her character represents and how she is treated in this movie sir ian McKellen gets mixed up in this tripe yes he is a knight in england yeah gandalf (laughs) He he is a knight in England as of 1991, and is a champion of LGBTQ rights. He is unforgettable as Gandalf the Grey in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. He was Magneto in the X Men movies, and is brilliant in Gods and Monsters opposite Brendan Fraser, which he actually got a Oscar nom for. He's also great in you know he actually got his second Oscar nom for Gandalf the Grey in Fellowship of the Ring. I did not know that. Yeah, best supporting actor. I mean, he he's great need in one, it. Yeah. Oh, dude, he needs. He's an Oscar man. I love that man. He's also great in Richard III and I will never forget his role in Sean Mathias's bizarre and graphic Holocaust drama Bent with Clive Owen and Jude Law. I can't tell you how much this movie fucked me up and I'll never forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Ian McKellen is a legend and again to see him in this truly awful film is sad and shocking. That's not even the worst of it because Academy Award winner and Royal Dame (laughs) Judy Dench rounds out our cast. She was made a Dame in 1970 in England and is an absolute legend as well. She, of course, won her Oscar for Shakespeare in Love for her intense Eight minute role in the 123 minute film. That's all she was in that movie, dude. Eight minutes, best supporting nice. actress. Yeah, that takes a lot of fucking talent. She is second only to the shortest role of all time to win an Oscar by Beatrice Strait for her six minute role as Louise Schumacher in Network in 1976. You remember her in that movie? She was the wife of the anchor that fell in love with his like young assistant. And he comes I home. Don't recall. Yeah, he comes home and he tells her about his affair and it's just it's this six minute scene where she just lays into him and says like (laughs) get the fuck out of the house like she's like I love you but you're in for a world of hurt get out of my house and she won an Oscar for that six minutes she's on screen dude shortest Oscar winning role of all time but Dench is, of course, well-watched as M in the Bond movies. She's also great in Notes on a Scandal, opposite Kate Blanchett, Philomena, Jane Eyre, Pride and Prejudice, Iris, Kenneth Branagh's four-hour film Hamlet, which I still like despite how fucking long it is, <laughs> <laughs> as well as Branagh's previous film Henry V, also a great movie. It's this movie is written by Lee Hall as well as Tom Hooper and based on the stage musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber and the book Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats by T.S. Eliot. Yeah. This is based on a book, Paul. Who the, <laughs> who the fuck would read something like that? I'm just I'm just asking. It's
1: it's, it's poetry, Gabe. It's
0: I poetry. get it's poetry, it but like having 183 cat people, cat people are going to God damn, damn
1: shit. it. <laughs> uh
0: I'm going to get to cat people throughout this episode. So if yeah. you're a cat person, I apologize. But <laughs> Lee Hall Lee Hall wrote Billy Elliot, the book and the script, as well as Spielberg's War Horse, Victoria and Abdul, which starred Judy Dench coincidentally, and the Elton John biography movie Rocket Man with Taron Egerton, which is actually pretty good. I liked it a lot more than I liked uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, but that's me. I'm also yeah. more of a Elton John fan than I am a Queen fan. You know, um, to be honest um, besides the fact, <laughs> this, this movie this judged. movie <laughs> this movie is Tom Hooper's first script hold on a second I never said that I didn't like Queen okay I just said that I liked Elton John more than Queen I still love I Queen know. so let's just back the fuck up for a second I <laughs> just agree that Queen is fucking brilliant but for me I'm a more of an Elton John guy I like Elton John more more of elton john's songs i like more than queen songs but all right so just chill for a second (laughs) i'm
1: i'm perfectly calm dude
0: perfectly calm dude (laughs) this this abomination is directed by tom hooper who won a fucking Oscar over David Fincher for the social network in 2011 for his movie The King's Speech. That's that's really the crime of this movie, dude, is that he took David Fincher's Oscar away for The King's Speech and then he gave us this. You know what David Fincher's still doing? <laughs> great movies and great television. But he also gave us the undercooked but well-acted movie The Danish Girl, which won Alicia Vikander her Oscar, as well as the overly long Les Mis film adaptation that won Anne Hathaway, her Oscar in 2013. I mean, I know that you got some shit to say about that, Paul, but we'll get to that (laughs) later. The King's Speech won four Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Actor for Colin Firth, and Best Original Screenplay, in addition to Hooper's Oscar for directing. He also directed The Damned United with Cole Meany and Michael Sheehan, which is a pretty good movie as well. Tom Hooper also holds the distinction of only being the fourth person to. Ever direct both an oscar winner for best picture as well as the razzie award winner for worst picture the other people that he holds this distinction with is (laughs) the other people that he holds holds this distinction is michael camino who won best picture for the deer hunter and worst picture for heaven's gate kevin costner for dances with wolves as (laughs) best picture and his worst picture winner was the postman which is a fucking disaster And Peter Farrelly, who won Best Picture uh, over Black Klansman for the White Savior movie called Green Book, a significantly less great movie. And his worst movie that he won Worst Picture for is called Movie 43. I don't know if you've ever seen that, Paul.
1: I think I watched maybe three minutes of it.
0: Dude, that Netflix, is something right? That is something that I don't know how it happened because there's so many great actors in that movie. And it's a pile of shit. Like it's one of the worst <laughs> fucking movies ever made. And I think I think it was Hugh Jackman. Like I think Hugh Jackman's scene—he has like balls glued onto his chin or something like that—that that he's constantly scratching. And I'm just like, how how did this happen? Like how <laughs> the fuck did this happen? But I'll continue on.
1: Maybe he just blackmailed a lot of people into making. Oh my
0: it god! Him. I sure I hope so, man. Like it's it's kind of unbelievable but peter farrelly is like a piece of shit director though man like his movie version of the three stooges is unforgivable to like shit down the throats of those three men with the three stooges with will sasso playing I mean, curly
1: it's bad like i think the you're talking about the farley brothers right
0: like yeah, there's yeah, two yeah. of them yeah yeah, yeah. They make, yeah yeah
1: they've got some really good comedies so i can't shit on them too much but yeah, yeah you know their, their share of shit balls.
0: So. there's some there's something about mary is still a great movie even though it's like really yeah. fucking juvenile like i i like that movie a lot kingpin is probably my favorite kingpin kingpin is great dude woody harrelson yeah. is so yeah. fucking good in that movie <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah and and bill murray too yeah bill murray's, great bill murray's. but yeah. yeah all right
0: we can move on <laughs> <laughs> Continue. continuing on um, cats Cats is 110 minutes long and was produced for $95 million, most of it going to visual effects. Mm. This movie was basically entirely shot in front of green screen. And
1: they cut the budget for the visual effects because you you can can fucking tell. You can see it, yeah.
0: Dude, did you know that this movie, two days after it was released, was recalled by Universal Pictures so that way they could release another version of it that was re-edited and had better visual effects? This is the better visual effects version. I want to see better the better version. I know. Honestly. I don't know how- i as want to see the butthole
1: as- cut of course <laughs>
0: yeah there is another cut of this movie if you don't know there is another cut of this movie where there are anuses on every single one of the cats they had to go back and like digitally erase but as much as i don't want to sit through this movie ever again if i could travel back in time and watch that original cut just to compare it to this version the original theatrical cut i would just for the sake of this fucking podcast <laughs> But this movie was released just in time for Oscar season on December 20th, 2019 at 3,380 theaters and debuted at our second lowest number yet, less than the core, but not as little as Gili, $6,619,000, which is terrible for a $95 million movie, especially since like Gili opened at $3 million and had a $75 million budget. So it's like somewhere in that same realm of like, oh my God. <laughs> damn like what the fuck did we do but this movie opened in the number four slot with frozen two in its fifth week in the number three spot jumanji the next level in in its second week in the number two spot and the movie that holds our inaugural podcast spot the miracle film known as star wars episode nine in its (laughs) first week in the number one slot with its $177 million weekend. Imagine that you are a producer of this movie and you want to put this out the same weekend that Star Wars, the final chapter of the Star, the fucking Skywalker saga is going to come out. Even if this was like the best movie of the year, there's no way you're going to be able to compete with that fucking box office. <laughs> well, like it was like... The,
1: they was they like, just wanted the Oscar is what they... That was the whole point of this movie. They thought they were going to get Oscars for this shit. And I know.
0: Like the I last
1: know. day that they could... Release release it right yeah for, i mean the, the last
0: day that you can the last day you can release is the last day of the year which is december 31st but yeah. like it, it needs to be released in new york and la and play in at least two theaters in each one of those towns on the 31st in order to be eligible for the oscar so it just wasn't done yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking as terrible It's possible
1: to release it
0: <laughs> the only movie that came below this on the box office numbers that weekend was Ryan Johnson's Incredible Whodunit Caper Knives Out rounds out the top five in its fifth place in the fourth week that it was out slightly below this movie. Cats was in release for 214 days in theaters. I'm not sure how that works with 30 weeks putting it into May of 2020 when every goddamn theater in the country is shut down due to the coronavirus. But that doesn't really matter because it limped on to only have million stateside and $46 million internationally. This brings the total box office to $73 bucks. This means Universal endured a $117 million loss due to this (laughs) bullshittery. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, dude. This makes Cats the 22nd worst opening of all time for a movie in more than 3,000 theaters. The 2016 Zach Galafaganakis, Kristen Wiig, Owen Wilson caper comedy called Masterminds ranks above it and the 2009 animation film astro boy ranks below it cats is also the 186th christmas day gross of all time behind the underwhelming jack nicholson movie called hoffa from 1992 above it and the despicable 2005 johnny knoxville special olympics rigging (laughs) comedy called the ringer below it (laughs) Do you remember that, dude? That that was a that was a yeah. dark time in society. It's like that and Freddie got fingered. I can point to as being like those <laughs> movies right there. Like those movies fucked up America.
1: End of Western civilization.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The lowest economic impact was made in Pakistan. Oh, Wait,
1: that's cool. I like that. Yeah, they actually
0: have a they actually have a pretty big like Pakistani film industry and yeah. like some big Hollywood releases get there. Not it, it's not like they don't eat up a ton of American releases, which is kind of interesting. This movie made $492 its opening Ooh. weekend. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and a $699 gross. The highest grossing movie of all time in Pakistan is 2018's, I'm going to fuck this up because I'm going to try their title and then the English (laughs) title, (laughs) <laughs> but Jawani fear Nahi Ani 2 or JPNA 2 or aka Youth Won't Come Again 2. A film from Pakistan with a $3.1 million gross. It's the highest grossing movie of all time in hmm. Pakistan. Uh, to give you an idea, check it out sometime. To give you an idea, the highest grossing movie of an American film in Pakistan was 2019's Avengers Endgame with a $1.9 million gross. So this made huh. 3.1 in Avengers made 1.9 so they they still get big Hollywood releases and there is still somewhat of a market there this isn't like what we were talking about about like oh man where they make like 10 grand on a picture and it's like why the fuck are you sending movies there like (laughs) you're not making any money but at an average average ticket price of 629.5 Pakistani rupees or $3.77 American which is a deal bro $3.77 to go see a movie that brings the total asses and seats to 130 30.5 people saw this opening weekend in Pakistan. Oh. I guess that means that Johnny Quarterslice might have a brother, Billy Half <laughs> maybe. Or
1: something. He had a yeah. date. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Half or chair.
0: Julie Halfass, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There were 204.73 million people in 2019 in Pakistan. So a total percentage of 6.4 ten millions of a percent of Pakistan's po- population made it to the theater <laughs> to see Cats in its opening weekend. Our lowest turnout yet. Cats has a 2.7 out of 10 on IMDb with 34,899 votes, a 32 on Metacritic, and a stunningly enough 20% on RottenTomatoes.com, as well as a 53% audience score. Dude, how the fuck does 53% of the audience like this fucking thing? <laughs> That's really what I want to know. Like, how the fuck did that happen?
1: I think it's well. I can go into this later. I think.
0: Uh, big, <laughs> yeah, just just hold on there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> This makes Cats the 25th worst film of all time according to IMDb users, a full 6 places better than Gigli. This movie is better than Gigli according to IMDb voters. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like Gigli's really fucking bad and it's detestable for the way it portrays gay and handicapped people. It didn't like- physically
1: hurt me though, as far as I <laughs> remember. I mean, my soul took some damage, but this <laughs> one was it was, it was actually giving me a headache and making me feel sick. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't know. <laughs> This movie ranks highest amongst females aged 45 plus. Maybe that's the crazy cat ladies in the audience. Let's go see. With a 4.7, and worst amongst males aged less than 18 with a 2.2 out of 10. Which is pretty (laughs) fucking bad. Once again, I am flabbergasted at the 2,198 people who voted this a perfect 10 on IMDb. Utter shock, dude. Like, what the? (laughs) Fuck. uh My vote was amongst the 16,682 other votes, or 47.88% <laughs> of the total voting populace. For one out of 10 is what I voted. This pile of shit. <laughs> If I could have rated this as zero, I would have, but that throws off statistics when you rate things as zero. Yeah, you can't divide by zero. It breaks things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if this movie had like a negative one on IMDb, I'd be oh, like, man. oh my God, that's oh, fucking man. amazing. <laughs> My favorite reviews begin with Chandler Levac from Globe and Mail. Chandler ponders, quote, the worst thing about cats, and I was forced to see two cat burglars centrally drape a string of pearls around a scruff of a hayward in the obvious foray to a cat threesome, is that this was made in the first place. Score, 0.5 out of four stars. Peter DeBruge of Variety ponders, Quote, sadly, this uneven eyesore turns out to be every bit the jellicle catastrophe the haters anticipated. A half-digested hairball of a movie. End quote. Score, zero out of four stars. Lastly, Peter Howell of the Toronto Star perplexes, quote, Cats turns the most vacuous stage musical of the 1980s into a big screen litter box for the hammiest of stars to unload into. End quote. Score. (laughs) Score that's my favorite review for this movie score 1.5 out of four stars dude imagine if this movie came out when roger ebert was still reviewing shit man he would have fucking yeah. lambasted this. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great lastly cats is rated pg for some rude and suggestive humor <clears throat> so paul this is good all right i, I really researched the shit out of this piece. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Rose Jr. walks out onto the field. His dad is famed first baseman for the Cincinnati Reds, who also played for the Phillies and the Montreal Expos, also by the name Pete Rose. Jr. thought he could play baseball because his dad played baseball. His dad batted a 303 average and 160 home runs in his career and became one of the all-time hits leaders in the league. Genetics counts for a lot, but it doesn't account for entitlement or sports prowess. Jr. Junior was pretty good in the minor leagues, batting a 308 for the Chattanooga Lookouts. And in 1997, Junior was called up to the major leagues for this first and only time, his only season playing in the major leagues. It's September 28th, 1997 and we stand in Olympic Stadium or Stade Olympique in French in gorgeous Montreal Quebec in Canada. Montreal Expos are down by 6 heading into the top of the 8th inning as Junior steps up to the bat. This motherfucker has had 2 hits the entire season with 14 bat appearances meaning that statistically he had 52 chances to hit the ball and he hit it twice. <laughs> this is listeners. Probably
1: better than I could do though. I'm gonna just <laughs> before I make fun of him for that.
0: I'm just saying I can do listen- <laughs> Listen for a second because Junior hits two balls his entire career in the MLB, and his dad hits four thousand two hundred and fifty-six <laughs> hits damn. over his career. So a, a little bit of a difference. I feel bad for anybody yeah. that saw him come on the field and they're like, "Oh, that's that's Pete Rose's son, man. Like he's gonna fuck." And then he fucking does this whole shit the whole fucking season. <sighs> yeah, I would want to kill myself. But I guess it's not just
1: think, the genetics, huh? Yeah.
0: No, hmm. he faces off. He faces off with our lowest batting average yet, a point one four, three batting average. (laughs) against against Rick DeHart, who's pitching for the Expos. This is his second time facing DeHart during this game. This would be Junior's final game for MLB and last plate appearance. I squat over home plate, Paul, as I am keenly aware of the lactic acid building up in my calves. A grown man was not made to squat with his balls hanging this far under his body. I can, <laughs> I can damn near feel them teabagging the padded bag of home plate. I spit and I waggle two fingers. You know for sure that this time it was not my cock hanging out of my pants. As you wind up and pitch this motherfucker to me, Paul. All right.
1: I have a formula that cannot fucking lose. Let me check. <laughs>
0: Remember
1: Les Mis? That movie with Tony Hooper but uh, Tom, Hooper. Oscar, Tom Hooper Oscar Tom Hooper that guy whatever his fucking name is he's got Oscars
0: yeah And yeah, Hathaway
1: sure. sung for 20 minutes so
0: sure yeah. yeah
1: we are going to recycle another billion dollar musical oh nice a billion dollar film franchise and <laughs> and we're going to turn it into one of the new movie religions I mean think about it you've got Star Wars with all the force geeks dressing up in stormtrooper outfits and quoting, okay. you know, they think they've got the force, you've got the big Lebowski dudes, <laughs> you've got the Rocky Horror picture show people, you know, showing up. Sure, and sure. And yeah, sure. I mean, we we need our own religious cult movie to to follow them up because we're sure, we're sure. losing out on that marketplace. Sure. So, sure. We've got the musical cats okay. i don't know what the fuck anything in it is supposed <laughs> to be but they've got this thing this jelly shit i don't know what it's called but uh <laughs> you remember that movie Is like jellicle, jellicle. yeah, yeah. yeah. Jellicle. jellicle yeah jellicle so it's got its own religious dogma its own belief system so we are looking to target the 40 plus year old single white woman kind of people
0: okay okay sure and sure,
1: sure. uh we're also looking to indoctrinate the younger people with this telco okay. <laughs> thing. Whatever right. it is. It doesn't matter. Right. It's just some 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 shit flies into the sky, but there's <laughs> cats. And all of that. Right, so we've right. got we've got Taylor Swift. She wrote a song on nope. the back of a napkin. So nope, we're expecting okay. Oscar gold for this. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, there's a powerful song in here. And we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have some a list star. I don't I don't know. What do you think? What do you what do you think? Uh, Jennifer good? Hudson
0: maybe she hasn't been doing. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 We'll get yeah. Her. She's an we'll Oscar winner Oscar. too, man. We can yep. throw that shit. She get her second Oscar for this. Oh man, exactly. All
1: right, so we're gonna get Tony right. Hooper a new Torom. <laughs> <Tom. Hooper.
0: laughs>
1: we're we're gonna
0: get him his second
1: oscar okay great great uh, great great. a couple a couple other oscars and let me tell you the special effects are going to be amazing we're not going to bother with mocap suits because those are restrictive to the actors we're just gonna have them wear regular clothes and then the cgi artists (laughs) are going to just Frame by frame, just draw <laughs> every single fucking thread of hair on these actors. Okay. I, I don't cool. think it's going to be too expensive or time consuming. I'm sure okay. they'll be able to finish in a reasonable amount of time.
0: I mean, it's it's what, July and we want a December release for this? Yeah, I think we can do it. I mean, four months, yeah. at, five months is totally enough yeah. time in order to I, do that. I, I, They'll probably only need a few million for those special effects. And, and yeah. And, uh, you know, on top of the
1: religious iconography and the cult following that Cat's musical already has, I mean... Sure, sure. We are going to have cockroaches with children's faces being consumed (laughs) by Rebel Wilson. What movie has ever done that before
0: oh dude rebel wilson has that weird cult following that they're just gonna eat that shit up we're gonna pump up 25 30 million dollars worth of that's the metaphor her fans that's are cockroaches. that's great oh my god you're fucking perfect <laughs> great so how you know what do you need for this thing like uh, 75, uh 200 million 200 million I, I can give you 95 you can do it for 95 mm, you can cut the mm. budget on the visual effects
1: yeah the visual effects we don't
0: we don't need those. It's fine.
1: <laughs> they, can, they can figure it out. Computers, that, you only need one computer to do these things with some like, yeah, you know, sure QuickTime or whatever that, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't used a computer since 1995, but it's it's fine.
0: Great. 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 Sounds great. Right. Yeah. I dig it. All right. Yeah. Great. All right. All right. So Chalk. Paul, Chalk. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I have to, I have to ask, this isn't what we usually do. The Hold on. My Jellicle
1: Nutsack is itching right now. <laughs>
0: So Paul, I I have to ask, we haven't done this in a while, but like I I just have to get your gut reaction. Just give me your one word or your one sentence gut reaction to seeing this movie.
1: One word, pain.
0: No, no, no. One one sentence. One sentence.
1: (laughs) Physical pain. My face is melting. Make it stop. Make it stop.
0: (coughs) i watched this movie late monday night i think it was and um when i watched it caitlin already went to bed and usually you know me watching a movie late at night doesn't bother her no matter how loud i crank it and like she actually texted me during me watching the opening sequence in this movie and just texted me i don't know what the fuck's going on make it stop
1: my my wife is a big musical fan. she she likes Phantom of the Opera a lot mm-hmm. and other kind of similar types of movies and so we were gonna make a, a date night out of this just <laughs> in fun of it and she just couldn't take it. she she made it maybe eight minutes, 10 minutes in and just checked out. She was like nope <laughs> there's nothing fun about this. there's nothing here right baby. right my and greatest, you're, god damn it and-
0: <laughs> And your wife is a cat fan too. Like she has what, like two cats or something. She like that? She
1: likes cats. Yeah, sure. Right, right. I Wouldn't mean, call I'm her not say- quite a cat lady, but right, she likes. Cats.
0: But, sure. but I'm not saying that everybody that likes cats likes this movie. But like, cat people are various, a very specific type of person, and like, usually they latch to things related to cats. The
1: sheer volume of internet videos surrounding cats and cucumbers <laughs> and related things proves that yeah. point. So yeah. we're gonna move past it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'll say right now, Paul, this whole goddamn movie is a dumb fuck moment. There isn't a single (laughs) moment that there isn't. There isn't a single moment that sticks out above all the others. But that being said, I do have a mega dumb fuck moment later that I'll get to. But straight off the bat, this movie looks like a fucking video game, dude. Like there's too much digital work and there's all this like match move shit with camera movement that it looks like a fucking video game.
1: The first 15 minutes or so, he, Tom Hooper, I'm going to get it right this time. uses the shaky cam a lot and so they they have all this cg work and the cats Mm. are kind of jumping around and their faces aren't attached to their bodies correctly and it's shaky cam yeah that was making me like actually ill and Was making my head hurt and I really
0: hated it. you but imagine I seeing think, this on a yeah. giant screen, dude? Like, it would be unwatchable. Have,
1: if it had gone on for five more minutes, I would have had to stop. But at some point, they go to like crane and steady cam, right? And right, right. Tripod shots or whatever, and it ends <laughs> the shaky cam bullshit. It's so horrible.
0: Yeah. That's like, that's like Tom Hooper's signature style is like that weird, like handheld with a wide angle lens type shit. He's done it in every single of his movies, but yeah and that that is like him putting his mark on it like this is a tom hooper yes. movie but i dude my if- face i'm face
1: to face with the
0: actor while
1: they're doing their oscar-worthy performance and yeah.
0: that way she
1: i can smell what she ate for dinner in my face <laughs> right now it's good she's vegan <laughs>
0: I hate this score on this movie. Like Andrew Lloyd Webber, his music on this is annoying as (laughs) fuck. Like, I don't know. I know that this is a product of the eighties, but I also heard that they reimagined a lot of these songs and wrote new songs for this movie. But like, I, I never had the courage to ever see this thing on Broadway because I just don't give a fuck. And at the same time, I don't care about Andrew Lloyd Webber. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, dude, like Phantom of the Opera. It's not that good. Everybody that idolizes that musical, like it's just nothing's happening like it's like book- Gerard
1: Butler screams a lot instead of yeah. singing
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true but, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but I also wrote down, you know, Hooper's handheld style and walled, wide lenses are actually quite unnerving during this entire sequence. It doesn't, it doesn't make you feel rooted to anything. It's just kind of like yeah. out there, like waving around, and it's like, oh God, like, please make it stop.
1: So, so I had to after I finished watching it. I was kind of sitting there quietly on my couch, and it was like one o'clock in the morning, and like this cold sweat was drying <laughs> on my back, and I was like, okay. I need to figure out why why this happened and so I had to do a little research about the actual musical Right, to kind of separate out like what the bad part of the musical is and the bad part <laughs> of the movie is and right. other decisions and so I mean okay. I don't think the musical would be my cup of tea but listening and understanding what people like about it this movie brings none of that to screen like the musical there's like cats running around in the audience and e- you're okay. either delighted or you're fucking terrified of the- <laughs> dressed up in cats but you know it's like a complete failure to translate the medium of the musical mm. into the movie mm, as yeah. far as I understand I've never seen the musical but yeah. I had I, to I, understand or at least try to get
0: a grasp of what the fuck like, <laughs> <sighs> Dude, this movie this movie mu- or I'm sorry this musical when it originally ran on Broadway the first run of this musical ran for 7,500 performances (laughs) i I don't know if it was just because it was the 80s and everybody was like into that like kid club culture like type of shit and everybody was high on like poppers and shit that this movie took or this musical (laughs) took off so much but like that's that's really my only explanation is that the 80s especially in new york were such a fucking like disaster of (laughs) bizarre shit that was happening and like everything was okay it didn't matter what you were doing it's just like yeah yeah man like that's totally awesome like it didn't matter how fucking weird it was like <laughs> grown men grown men wearing diapers and like going out to the fucking club and dancing to like weird house music was like okay back in the day so that's the only thing that i can put this as is like that's why this musical exists and why it was so successful i i have never seen the musical i don't know very much background under there other than like the research that i did in terms of character changes in order to make you know certain things happen yeah but i didn't know that about the cats running around the yeah. audience i <laughs> you Dude,
1: the, yeah, the... it's uh, I mean it's like a the musical is supposed to be just a weird collection of, you know, musical numbers. There's no plot. Yeah. That I mean it's just it's something I mean, you go and you're entertained and it's got cats in it and there's no point <laughs> and it's just fun. That's it. Okay. But right. this is not a fun movie. <laughs> this yeah. is not fun. This <laughs> this is pain. This, this is made me speak. <laughs>
0: this made me physically ill it's almost like uh i I kept thinking of uh speaking of you saying pain i kept thinking of that uh star trek the original star trek when uh when spock does the cheddar melt with the giant rock creature and he's just like pain pain (laughs) that's what i was thinking Uh, when i was watching this movie that
1: or face dissolving guy from raiders of the lost ark Ark,
0: (laughs) make it stop (laughs) yeah Dude, the wire foo in this movie in order to make the cats like jump between objects is so fucking incredibly obvious. You know, like you can see where they're like slowing down in order to land or like take off or whatever. It doesn't look like cats jumping.
1: CGI artist is like digitally dragging the (laughs) cat superposition (laughs) over. The other stuff, yeah, yeah. The, okay, yeah. for like a musical that has a lot of dancing in it to be good, you need the dancing to be real. Yeah, otherwise it's not impressive, and it just looks
0: yeah like
1: a bunch of shit falling from the sky <laughs> onto the screen.
0: <laughs> yeah this movie was summarized for me within the first like 10 15 minutes whatever it is but it's when idris first shows up and he's standing there and his first word in the movie is he looks at what the jellicles are doing and he's like what and he disappears and i'm like that's the summary of this movie like huh. what <laughs> yeah but the the opening song about like the jellicle cats is way too long dude it's like the first 10 minutes of this movie they say jellicle like a fucking thousand times and it's just way too fucking long and it's annoying as shit and and now
1: jellicle is part of my vocabulary and i'm not cool with that
0: unfortunately I'm not yeah. cool with that.
1: Uh.
0: <laughs> but in this movie, the, the beginning of the movie, when Jellicle, or I'm sorry. What the fuck am I saying? Why am I saying Jellico <laughs> stuck in my head? But... <laughs> <laughs> when when idris first meets the white cat played by francesca hayward i think her name is victoria yeah when when idris first meets victoria that's usually when i checked out on this movie i said it took me 12 times to get through this movie and i'm not joking the 11 times previous to me sitting through this was me always getting up to the point where he meets her and i'm like i'm out i can't do it like i just i stop it and i <laughs> Like God damn, I can't do this. But I, I physically forced myself to get through that moment in order to continue watching this movie. And then it just keeps going and going and going and going. And it's like, oh my God! But there is something really unnerving about the commitment of these actors to their performances. I know it's theatrical and over the top, and the blocking is for blocking's sake. But like seeing them do these like motions of cats and like their commitment to that, I'm just like gawked by it, dude. can't oh, uh,
1: they can't decide whether or not they're humans or they're cats? Like so, you've got human faces and human hands, yeah. and then weird yeah. cat ears flopping around, and and their <laughs> fucking Rebel Wilson is spreading her legs and scratching her <laughs> yeah. crotch, and I'm yeah, just yeah, I'm really disturbed yeah. by the whole thing, and I don't like it. I, so I want to forget about it. <laughs> please, please don't.
0: <they're>, <laughs> He's help me You're, forget. You need to get psychological help in order to do like regression therapy to forget this movie. <laughs> but I, here's the thing, dude. Like, I, I don't know. Obviously, I never went to the musical, but I want somebody to uh, actually tell me, is Cats supposed to be creepy, cryptic, and overly campy? Or is it just leaning into the camp? Or like, what the fuck is happening here? Because like, it's so, it's so tonally, insanely different from anything that I've seen that this is like, I remember that one of the reviews that summarized it better is that this is like a fever dream of a movie? And I'm like, yeah, like this is something that I'd see. <laughs>
1: like, I, okay, but- I actually had a nightmare from this movie, and it was Judy Dench vomiting up a hairball, <laughs> that then formed into a little like child figure, and it had the face of my sister when she was a kid on it. Oh and I just God. woke up like sweating when. when- <laughs>
0: don't know what the fuck happened <laughs>
1: please
0: what, what was the last time that you had a nightmare from movie? i don't like I uh, don't mother dream. i
1: don't have nightmares like yeah mother messed me up pretty good but well <laughs> once once but yeah this i i don't know what the fuck happened the hairball with the child's face like dancing yes
0: that sounds terrifying that dude <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean this movie by this point we've heard Jellicle like a thousand times already like can we hear another word like I understand part of it part of this movie is is that what or part of this musical is is that people like reveled in the fact that it was like nonsense that it's all gibberish words and it's all bullshit and that's part of the reason why people kind of attached to it so much but I hearing Jellicle so many times I'm just it's like somebody banging a pot lid next to me and it's just going on for like 15 minutes and i'm like can you stop like god damn like please just stop you're giving me a fucking headache at this point they, they go into that scene that you're talking about about Rebel wilson scratching her crotch and like this is this, i don't know if this is supposed to be funny or what's happening but this is like really really crass and i know it's supposed to be funny or cute but it's cat because- humor Because that's what cats do, yeah. With human features, though, it's just horrifyingly (laughs) crass, man. And then then the fucking mice come out. And, like, apparently mice weren't in the original musical. Like, that's something that's new to this movie is that the mice come out. And the mice are even scarier. Like, they're these fucking, like, blubber creatures with, like, these faces, like, plastered on the front of them. And they don't have, like, noses. Children's
1: faces.
0: Oh, Dude
1: you know that they're slaves of the cats yeah. which makes the whole like imagery just that much more disturbing yeah
0: and,
1: my yeah. god my god
0: but <laughs> then but then the but but dude, like the, the next moment is that the roach dance line comes out. And apparently that's something new to the movie too, is that that wasn't in the musical. They didn't have roaches in the musical. But she's like banging on the table and they're falling off and she's eating them. And then And then out of nowhere, she like starts grabbing her skin and she like tears it off. And we find out that it's a suit and it's revealed to be a suit and that she's got that like flashy, like cabaret uniform underneath. But it's just like, she's eating these children cockroaches <laughs> and then rips off her skin. And I'm like, what the like god damn dude like what is <laughs> what is going on
1: that cats are funny because they eat stuff <laughs>
0: oh god <laughs> <laughs> oh oh okay <laughs> You have a lung emboli- or embolism there? Seriously, like, the green screen movement of these people is off, too. Like, if you notice the way that they run along on a surface, like, they'll slide in order to land where they need to be, because they're, like, digitally match moving them in order to move them where they line up with somebody else, or, like, with the, the fucking background that they created or whatever. Yeah. And it causes these people to do these weird, like, on top of the fact that they're doing the cat movements, they're, like, they're doing these very <laughs> unnatural movements.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, how the time their faces aren't attached to to the like skull of whatever it just i don't know what i don't know how they made it look so unconvincing but they managed pretty good
0: but dude i want to talk about jason derillo for a second the cat who sings about no matter what you do he'll always be unhappy you know like the guy that has like the chain and the the pimp coat that he keeps taking off throughout this movie. Right. But oh yeah. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter, but <laughs> I fucking hate Jason Derulo. Okay. His music fucking sucks. And the fact that he's in this movie just because he's a singer pisses me off beyond belief. I'm like, Oh fuck. Like if that's what it takes to be in a movie, like you may as well throw anybody in there, man. It doesn't matter how fucking bad they're Where's Engelbert Humperdinck at this point? Throw his <laughs> dumb in here because it'll be better than this. But I don't know. You know what could have
1: movie- elevated this movie? Like what Weird Al Yankovic as
0: a cat. Oh dude. David Hasselhoff or Weird Al Yankovich being a cat. (laughs) That that could have elevated something. Would have elevated.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or just made it even more confusing.
0: Oh dude, if they showed up in this movie as a cat, I think that I probably would have had a seizure. Like, what the fuck is happening? But I, I don't know when this movie is supposed to be funny or greet us with a likable character. But like, we're already like twenty minutes in, and I'm just like, I don't give a. F- fuck about anything oh, yeah. that's happening to be able to make a movie like that where we just don't give a shit like that's that's a fucking talent dude like I don't know how you fucking yeah. do that I mean even I, even bad movies like Cliffhanger like I'm attaching to fucking Sylvester Stallone after like <laughs> 10 minutes you know but like, but like this I'm just like it's 20 minutes in and all I'm doing is grabbing my hair and being like what the I fuck mean, is here, happening here's
1: the problem with this whole thing is the goal of the cats is to fucking die in some weird jellicle explosion or death and so you're like okay to root for my favorite character i want them to fucking die what the (laughs) fuck how are you supposed to make a movie about that i don't understand
0: is that your favorite character in
1: your last movie you just want to fucking you want them to die that it's
0: what is that? Is that the way that the musical is too? According to your research, because I I don't know. Uh, I yeah,
1: they're supposed to go get reborn, or yeah, it's basically how it is in the movie as far as the heavy side floating off into the sunset and being reborn. So that is that is the best motivation for any of the characters in this movie. They want to go they're
0: die. Die! Wow. And.
1: Yeah, you know, I I watched this
0: shit and I didn't and gather
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to yeah, no, I I didn't really understand what the fuck was going on until I started doing more research. I, I think if I rewatched the movie then I would understand it more, but yeah, it doesn't but you never do anything do that. for me to to do that. Yeah, I wouldn't do that again.
0: <laughs> but Dude, yeah, like,
1: <laughs> so <laughs> So how do right. you
0: like okay so like bad movies like troll two or like leprechaun in the hood or something like that like they have some sort of like or even like the howling three your sister's a werewolf that weird fucking werewolf movie where they have that weird music video where they keep tearing off the top of that one woman <laughs> um, right right uh that movie even those movies have like a certain like camp stupidity to them that you're like entertained by or even like uh killer clowns from outer space like that kind of movie like yeah. there's something about it that it's like it's okay that you're watching this but this movie set out to be a good movie and it turned out like this and i think that that maybe is the disconnect is that they were trying to lean into it as a serious movie or so, or a serious yeah. musical i mean
1: i feel like it's made in the same vein as les
0: miserables
1: however you say that one Les is Yeah, I'm just going to do that. So it's made in that same vein where it's supposed to be realistic even though there's people singing to each other instead of talking. And this is even worse because it's supposed to be cats that are singing and dancing but <laughs> it's realistic and because they're to scale like what cats right. are and so everything all fucked up and oh me, look their whiskers move let,
0: yeah. let me just bring this up for a second because this movie originally when Steven Spielberg was on board as a producer and he took his name off of this thing originally this movie was supposed to be completely CGI animated and like it was Tom Hooper's idea to put actors in like Like fur suits, and then like go and digitally clean them up so that way they looked like actual cats mixed with people and they form like this weird hybrid chimera thing that is just (laughs) the thing of nightmares. But I'm like, okay, so if he, if they had actually done like the CGI animated thing, I may have liked this movie better. But like the fact that it's these people like with this shit on and it's so quote unquote photorealistically done in that way that it just bothers the fuck out of me and like (laughs) yeah i i mean i haven't had a nightmare from this thank god but like it's it definitely is the stuff of nightmares because when just seeing it, when i saw the trailer the first time the trailer premiered online i was like what the fuck like what is going on (laughs) even the trailer i was confused and angry but moving moving back to the movie for a second but
1: (laughs) But, there's yeah no so i heard that Spielberg bought the rights like in the late '80s, and he oh, was for gonna, sure. you know, make it after uh, what? Which we call it like uh, West's Tales or whatever the fuck that. Oh, anime yeah, movie yeah. Was. Uh, American Before, American Tale. Yeah, American Tale, Land Before Time. It was gonna be right. like that studio's next yeah. kind of movie but they went bankrupt instead but yeah I would have watched it this as in, yeah. Yeah, I would have watched this as like a hand-drawn animated movie and I would have been right. fine with it Right,
0: right, right whatever
1: right. they fucking did with it I don't know <laughs> but <sighs> yeah just yeah their, yeah, their blend of sensibilities and they just should have gone one way or the other with it instead yeah. they created this fucking abomination <laughs> yeah that's it's what it is. It's a genetic abomination of like screen musical and yeah. animated CGI thing and yeah. realistic Les Mis drama movie. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, I don't know, but they fucked yeah. it up. And they, and they got, and they got, they got way the too point. greedy with going for the Oscars. They were making this as Oscar bait, and they just yeah. got too they close to the up. sun and fucking burned yeah. and fell from. This the sky. movie is Icarus,
0: bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> (laughs) No, but this movie is also like a weird fetish movie, dude, because like there's a moment near the beginning where Francesca like holds up her foot for that one guy to like look at or something like that. And he grabs it and he starts like singing to it like it's a microphone. And this becomes like this weird fetish movie after this. Like it's the foot thing. And then there's like this thing where they go into the milk bar and they're like laying under the milk taps and opening up and they're holding their mouths open. And there's this white (laughs) liquid like spraying all over their faces. And then there's that thing with James Corden where he like falls in the fucking pit and he grabs the champagne bottle and he's like lapping it with an open mouth as it's like (laughs) liquids pouring into his mouth and I'm like this is a fetish movie dude like there's some weird fetish shit here but I I have to say that I have a problem with most musicals in general so I get drawn because I get drawn into the instrumentation right I I listen to the music but I don't listen to the words and it's only with musicals that this happens then I'm lost in the story or the point of the fucking song because I like I cut in and all of a sudden I hear some line and I'm like, oh wait, I, I wasn't paying attention. Like I need I need to rewind and like yeah. listen. But I almost I stopped caring almost immediately because I'm just like I, I'm not listening. Like there's supposed to be story points happening here and I'm not listening. I'm just listening to the fucking music rather than the the fucking lyrics. And it's like it's insane. I know that that's a personal problem, but it's a real problem that I have with musicals in general. Is it's just like if you're gonna say a line, yeah, say a tough. fucking line, and then the music can be like I a usually, Disney movie.
1: Yeah, I usually watch music with captions that helps <laughs> like yeah. actually i i, I had to do, do it what the fuck is going on
0: i had to do it after the first 20 minutes of this movie because it was just like i can i can hear perfectly fine but like i could not understand what was happening because of that mm-hmm. problem and yeah. i'm like D- disney movies do it right in the sense that like they they have like a story building up to the song and then the song recaps what you're seeing in the previous yeah. scene and that really helps because i'm just like but if you're giving me the story entirely through the musical number i'm like i don't care i like i don't don't
1: what the fuck. <laughs> But but this, yeah, this movie has no story. Yeah. So you're fumbling around with your dick in the dark trying to find <laughs> the story and nothing to be had and that's part of the confusion <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. But like right after this moment with like the the, the foot, him singing at her foot and shit, Academy Award winner Jennifer Hud- Hudson shows up as Grizabella. And her career was one of the many in the industry that have been killed by an Oscar where they just like after the Oscar winning movie, they just do like piles of shit. Adrian Brody is a perfect example of this, dude. Like he won an Oscar for a great performance <laughs> in The Pianist and he has yeah. done nothing but bad movies mm. since then. And it's like, you were an Oscar. Oscar winner, motherfucker. Like, even even just having the subtitle below your name that you were an Academy Award nominee makes your quote go up because then they can yeah. profit off of it in terms of, like, the box office sales. They can pitch that. Like, Academy Award nominee, Mark Wahlberg, motherfucker. You know, like, he's... In- <laughs> <laughs> it's It's fucking bizarre, Transform. but when you win an Oscar... Academy Award Nominee, Mark Wahlberg. Let's not forget Mark Wahlberg, Academy Award nominee in the Happening, Bro. Let's um. not forget about that. <laughs> but but when when Grizabella crawls away, it doesn't look like a cat. It looks like a human being demoralizing themselves for a paycheck. Like when she's walking down or crawling away in the alley, like it looks like a human being crawling yeah. on all fours. And I'm just like, I know that this is supposed to look like a cat, but like, it doesn't look like a cat. It looks like somebody begging to be in a fucking movie. It's terrible. It's awful to see this kind of thing. Yeah. But no, I, I want to, th-
1: this movie gave me glimpses of if you ever see someone who is panhandling on the side of the road and they're, desperate straights and you're like no i have five dollars in my pocket but i want uh you know a coke so i'm gonna keep it that's that's what like watching uh ian mckellen's performance in this movie was like for me i'm just like god damn dude why are you debasing yourself like this This is oh, really dude. fucking sad like <laughs> watching you man
0: like yeah it's hard it's hard it's to watch just, it like
1: feel like oh man i should just give him send him 20 bucks or something so he doesn't yeah. have to do this to himself anymore <laughs> <laughs> <It was>
0: just, <laughs> dude I don't know. uh I I want to move on for a second because I want to concentrate on James Corden for a brief moment. James Corden is a piece of shit. He's unfunny and profiteering entirely on his fat and accent. And I wish people would stop buying into it. Fuck you, James.
1: Isn't it funny when he has to get five cats to jump on the, the other side of the seesaw yeah. and then he gets hit, hit yeah. in the nuts That's-
0: I'll, I'll get to that <laughs> in a this movie has all these like fail video moments in it that are just cringe worthy as fuck but like having <laughs> having having Rebel Wilson and James Corden both fat comedi- comedians who just make fat jokes it's not funny anymore dude it's just sad pandering it's like it's like Josh Gad who I fucking hate with a goddamn and passion. It's like Laugh at me because I'm fat Please laugh at me Because I'm fat And it's like Just stop man Like come on Like you can be funny And be fat You know what I mean Like for instance, for instance Like James Belushi Or uh John Belushi John Belushi was fat And he was funny, and he didn't constantly use his fat as the point of the fucking punchline. Like he was funny, and he was fat. Like that's it. You don't need to fucking lean into this fat shit all the time. And I'm fucking tired of (laughs) doing that. I mean, Chris Chris Farley already played that out by the time that he killed himself. You know, like we we don't need to see it anymore. We already know
1: that's why he killed himself too. Yeah,
0: (laughs) come on, man, seriously. But wait, 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 wait for a second. Idris is a soul snatcher in this movie be okay and i'm like okay so now you have a magical black guy who happens to oh, steal no. people's souls like now there's some voodoo shit happening and you're demonizing the black man again and it happens that he has blue eyes too and i'm just like god damn it like can we just fucking like back up a second like who the fuck put this together and was just like this is a great oh, idea jesus
1: i just saw judy dench doing the scissors <laughs> right
0: oh my god. behind you yeah. Oh, God, dude. Oh, dude. So I, I wanted to bring this up for a second. But this movie, the way that I felt toward this movie when I was watching it is you remember when you saw Taxidermia for the first time and that physically ill feeling that you had yeah. watching it? Yeah. That's how <laughs> yeah. I felt watching this movie. There's something completely unnerving and grotesque about what you're watching that it's just like, I don't feel well watching this. Like, what the fuck is happening? And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to denigrate Taxidermia because I fucking love that movie. but it's Well, just, it set out to do that. Like it,
1: it, that was part of its purpose. Uh, But this movie had the opposite purpose, but. It was supposed yeah. to be fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> going, going back to James Corden for a second. Like, he's a cat who says he wants to be reborn skinny so that he can get fat all over again because he enjoyed eating food so much and becoming fat. But like in the next scene, that scene that you were talking about where he's on the seesaw and he has five cats jump on it, he says that he know the other cat knows he's sensitive about his size. Why would you do that to me? I'm like this. I mean, I know that this is supposed to be a joke, but I'm like this joke doesn't even make sense. Like he literally just sang this whole <laughs> fucking song about how he wants to make himself fat again and be reborn skinny so he can be fat again. Then he says he's sensitive about being fat. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this doesn't even make any sense from like a, any sort of aspect. Like your, <laughs> your previous joke and your previous setup doesn't pay off in this punchline. Like it's completely antithetical to the punchline. It's like, what the fuck is happening? This brings me to the fail moment that you were talking about. He gets launched up and he falls on the edge of the trash can and he smashes his ball. Because this movie... <laughs> This movie is not above making an immature fucking ball smashing joke. Like it's a goddamn fail video on YouTube. <laughs> and it's like, I know that. I mean, Tom Hooper,
1: to- Academy Award winner. Academy
0: Award winner, <laughs> motherfucker. God damn it. The I Cat fell he out his to- ball. <laughs> I thought he was supposed to be sophisticated because he's British and he did Lay Mis and he did the King's uh, Speech and he's like this high art motherfucker and then he does this and I'm just like God damn dude. I,
1: I think the British people enjoy a good ball joke, getting sure man getting sure. smashed in the sure, balls, sure, sure, joke. sure. sure, sure. Everyone smiles, but
0: sure, you know. But if yeah, you still. went to go see a, a Ridley Scott movie and the one of the punchlines in a Ridley Scott movie was a guy getting hit in the balls by something, you wouldn't laugh. You know what I mean? You'd be like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> (laughs) We know, like, we know you're better than this, man. And it's, oh God. But the whole goddamn trash sequence, dude. Like, there's all these phallic symbols throughout it. And like, there's the liquid going into his mouth, the champagne bottle and the milk that I talked about. But there's this cat with the collar, with the fucking um, uh, ID tag on it. I don't know his name, but he's like the main cat that hangs around like with with the main character. But he he takes this uh, fucking lamb chop and he puts it in a Francesca Hayward, Victoria's mouth fat tip first and she like makes eye contact and opens her mouth and like takes the meat in her mouth and i'm like (laughs) like dude this is some weird fetish shit man like i'm not okay with what's happening right now the whole trash sequence in general is terrifying dude like all those big rubber like pieces of garbage that are like falling around james corden (laughs) he's like eating the shrimp it's like (laughs) that that part that part more than almost any part in this movie scared me man i'm like what i don't know what's (laughs) happening and I'm scared watching it. But mm. dude, I can't get over this enough. But like, I fucking hate Andrew Lloyd Webber because Andrew Lloyd Webber tries to literally near the beginning of this movie, they make fun of somebody trying to force two words to rhyme together, and they're like, "That doesn't rhyme with that, whatever." Like Thames and t- Tames or something like that. Yeah. But like, he says it in this fucking in one of the lines. They try to name, they try to rhyme the the word shall with the name Paul Mall, and like they say Pall Mall in order to make it rhyme and I'm like fuck you dude like <laughs> you literally just made fun of somebody else for doing that shit and you're doing it just to rhyme but I'm going to go back to Idris for a second because was the original Idris character of an evil spirit black man the answer is no the original the original character of uh What's the name of his character again? Um,
1: Malcaverk. Oh,
0: Mac- uh, Macavity. Macavity. That's Macavity,
1: yeah. There but
0: you. he Macavity in the original musical was like this tall ginger cat, tall, skinny ginger cat. And they changed him to black fur in order to fit in with Idris Elba's black skin tone. So I'm like, okay, so you knowingly changed the evil character to a black man. And he's the only black man in this movie that actually sings or talks or does anything other than dance and it's just like this is detestable dude like (laughs) come on man and then you have all these like white cats like trying to fight against the evil black cat and it's just Mm -hmm. I know I'm reading cats
1: are the good cats game
0: I know I'm reading too far into this but at the same time (laughs) like dude if you the the racial issues in this The racial issues that. The racial issues In this fucking world Are real So you casting A real human being Who is black In a role You have to take into account The real life Which is the world That we live in Fucking consequences Of what you were trying To portray This black person is doing And like This shit is reprehensible Man but like Straight out I'll just say it right now I hope that this fucking Ends Tom Hooper's career In the same way That it ended Martin Brest's career For Julie That it's just like Everybody fucking hated it everybody said that you're a piece of shit and you shouldn't do this again and you just retire i really hope that happens to him because fuck tom hooper for doing this shit dude <laughs> this guy this guy also did the hbo tv miniseries called uh, john adams with paul giamatti which is fucking great That's great man and Love he that. does this like how the fuck do you end up at this point <laughs> you know what i mean Like it's just it's so bizarre but all these songs are about cats being dicks and disgusting little alley shits Again, why should I be suffering through this? Every single song is about them being selfish little cunts, and like I'm supposed to sit through this and attach to somebody. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? But then there's all these nonsense names like uh monk mongo jerry, <laughs> Gabe, mongo jerry Gabe, and replet. You
1: miss the whole point at the end, they explain it very clearly. Cats are not dogs.
0: I ga- <laughs> that's the whole oh point. my god,
1: that's what all the songs are leading up to, Gabe. that
0: i'll get to that in a minute i'll get to that when i get to know toward the end of this movie but like that that shit just like flat out angered me to the point that i was just like oh my god this is made for cat people thank god in this movie that they kept the dog out because i really wouldn't like to have seen how they fucked up dogs and with like a human (laughs) being Could you imagine if that thing came out, dude? Like, I'm glad it never showed up because to see a human being, chimera version of a dog, I think would be even more terrifying than the fucking cats. But regardless. So I I just, I, uh, hang on, hang on.
1: (laughs) Take a breather for a second. Hold on, hold on. (laughs)
0: i I have a question about the character old deuteronomy right like why would you name it old deuteronomy like deuteronomy when i hear that word i'm like okay i've never seen this before i don't know anything about cats (laughs) but old deuteronomy i just assume that she's going to be a racist sexist homophobic and squirt come on the floor like (laughs) onan person because why the fuck would you name a character after such an abhorrent book in the bible dude like why the fuck would you name somebody that Deuteronomy is one of the most fucked up books in the Bible on top of Leviticus. And it's just like, that's the only place that I've ever heard the word Deuteronomy is the Bible. If somebody else knows Deuteronomy as being anything else than biblical, please tell me because I, that's my only fucking reference on this shit. But I was expecting that. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> no curmudgeon that's going to be awful. But then Dame Judy Dench shows up, Oscar winner and royal lady of the crown, honored by the Queen <laughs> of England, doing this, Paul. Like, what? What a fucking travesty. I mean, the royalty of the fucking entire country of England is called into a like question because of this movie. But then Sir Ian McKellen shows up. Another fucking knight in the Queen's Empire. And it's like, okay, now you're really just cementing it that British people should be kept over there. And like... Because you got you got Tom Hooper, you got Lee Hall, you got Ian McKellen, and you got Judi Dench doing this. Like I thought, you guys are supposed to yeah. be the fucking like pinnacle of civilization <laughs> and like starting the Western Empire and all that other shit. And it, this is what you have. This is what you have. Your fucking sirs and dames doing as movies like this. There should be like a, a royal decree to stop people from doing shit like this. If they're a knight <laughs> or a dame. <laughs> But dude, seriously, I, I, mean, I actually... I,
1: removed the movie from circulation before yeah. this actually got out. Yeah, I would have done that. So,
0: so after the first 11 times that I tried to start this movie, I realized that the word cats and the word Jellicle was said a lot in this movie. So I actually counted how many oh. times they say cats and Jellicle. They say yeah. cats They say cats 160 times in this movie, and they say Jellicle 178 times in this movie. <laughs> dude, like...
1: I mean you can cats that makes sense. They say cats a lot, but okay. The made up word just yeah what the f all right Yeah. But- I got a an jellicle <laughs> in my ass right now that I don't
0: know what, it Needs to be pushed out, out, yeah. Yeah.
1: Probably get that but- checked by the jellicle. <laughs> that's like
0: that's like that's like what you would name, like the polyp that you see on your fucking colonoscopy, yeah. you know, like oh that's a gel. <laughs> oh my god, it's a jellicle. <laughs> Their, their tense jellical dance as they twitch looks like they're either gonna come or shit you know like that sequence where they're all in the the main theater the Egyptian and they're all doing that weird thing I'm like what the hell is happening I'm not okay with it
1: this to me movie- that was like a uniquely Andrew Lloyd Webber moment I felt I felt that as something only he could come up with and make work and it probably is a lot of fun in the, the theater but in the movie
0: fuck you Paul <laughs> but I was thinking to myself as I was watching the movie. I was like, "This movie is why people hate cats. Not just the musical, but like the animal. Like if I'm expected to like fall in love with like the cuteness of an animal based on their portrayal of the most famous musical ever written, this isn't that movie. This isn't that moment. You know what I mean? Maybe you
1: just don't get it. You're just not a cat person.
0: I'm not just, a cat person. I'll wholly admit that I'm not a cat person. Fuck just cats.
1: Go look. Go look yourself with your dog. Okay, <laughs> you don't understand this game.
0: Uh, I Okay, so part part of this movie that's also detestable is that there's this weird moment where there are these two cats. They focus on them in the center of the dance. It's these two black cats played by black men who are dancing around in this like very, very African dance style. It's the only part of the movie where they do this, dance like this. You're putting them on display and like having that iconography of them having top hats and shit. I'm like, you're just calling back fucking Amos and Andy, which is one (laughs) of the most like offensive things that's ever existed in American culture, and you're just calling that back by doing this. It should have been cut, and it's only a 10-second sequence that doesn't need to be in this movie. Like, it's just completely tone-deaf and fucking stupid.
1: Uh, All right, if you had... 10 seconds that you could cut out of this movie what would you cut
0: I mean, would be- you can
1: choose multiple things i would cut out the crotch scratching, and yeah. i would cut out the line don't mess with the crazy cat lady
0: yeah <laughs> both, both rebel wilson moments yes and
1: then the rest i would cut from the don't don't mistake cat for a dog or whatever fucking song that is
0: yeah, yeah I just yeah, cut yeah, as much as end. i could
1: out of that but
0: <clears throat> dude i i want to ask okay so like this this goes my main problem with this movie this is my main thesis of why I hate this movie this story veers at this moment to a white cat taking pity on a black cat outside and it becomes a white savior cat movie and I'm like fuck you Tom Hooper like this this black cat can't get into this society without the help of this white cat and I I understand that it's like she's like a street cat or something and that's the reason why they don't want her in but I'm like you're all fucking street cats like James (laughs) Corden is a fucking alley cat whore and like you're okay with him being involved in all this but like this black cat you don't want him in there and I'm like okay again I'm not trying to read into this but it's like dude (laughs) <laughs> racial problems exist in the fucking real world. And like, you're showing me a black character who isn't being let in by white characters into their society. And this is where this whole movie turns for me from being just like an, a nonsense, like fucking irritating, disturbing, grotesque bullshit thing to being this like white savior, detestable stupidity on top of it. And this is exactly where it changes. But like Jennifer Hudson's song on the street has the line, someone mutters and the street lamp gutters and soon it will be morning. And I'm like, what does that line even mean? My point is Andrew Lloyd Webber is just rhyming words together here. The line doesn't mean anything. They are two separate thoughts and street lamp gutters means nothing at all. He's literally just rhyming words. And it's like, he may as well have written someone mutters and something else clutters. It's literally just rhyming. It doesn't mean anything to the fucking line of the fucking song. But I'm like, God damn it, dude. Like this one, this one, the fucking Tony, dude. <laughs> okay like how the fuck did yeah. that happen but she's singing a song Just... uh listen to me for a second the the white cat victoria is singing a song to jennifer hudson that essentially equals cheer up bitch you don't have it as bad as me <laughs> Real sympathetic work, Andrew Lloyd Webber at all. But old Deuteronomy takes pity and grants grace on Victoria because she's told off that black cat for being so sad. But what a bunch of fucking Karens being Karens, dude. Like, oh my God, you got rid of the black cat. Thank you. And like, she actually thanks her for getting rid of the black cat. But this is sad. Sad, man. Like... Watching Ian McKellen singing this song about his name, Asparagus, hopefully he doesn't die after this movie. This is a real concern. Fucking Ian McKellen is old, dude. Like when they did The Hobbit, they had to film his shit in the United States along with fucking uh, Christopher Lee. They had to film both of their stuff and Ian Holm in the United States because none of those three actors could survive the 14-hour flight to New Zealand. Like They were concerned about their health. And I'm like, Ian McKellen's at that age? But I'm like, dude, please don't die after making this movie because if you go out on this, like, this is a fucking terrible thing. Please don't go out on this. (laughs) What a horrible thing to go out on. But he he says he was a star and that he acted with Irving and acted with Tree. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean like who is irving and what it, who is tree like i'm assuming the tree has something to do with like cats climbing trees but i'm just like this is stupid like what the fuck is happening <laughs> but it's like he's okay, just line, going
1: for a literal interpretation when it's it's just some how poetry, am i supposed
0: but- how am I supposed to grasp onto anything in this movie, Paul? Like, I can't grasp onto anything. Like Jellicoe,
1: game. Just Jellicoe yourself jellicle. and Jellicoe yeah.
0: life. But his line, his line that says, the theater certainly is not what it was, is a profound line because shit like cats exists <laughs> in life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> God damn it. Like, even Andrew Lloyd Webber knew that this was bullshit, and that's why this fucking line is in this fucking musical. But the applause, dude, the applause when the cats applaud him, is just holy fuck. It's like meowing and stamping of their feet. And it sounds literally like cats being strangled because it's just <laughs> this horrible sound. And I'm like, I get that it's supposed to be them applauding in like a cat way, but like it's fucking disturbing, man. Like it's a horrible sound. <laughs> And that's the way that they um, applaud Ian McKellen's great performance. Oh, dude, they do it twice in this movie of all time. Oh, God. Things. Oh, God. But, but McCavity shows up and takes Gus right in the back of the theater after he has this like big moment. Gus is literally slightly staged left and he gets snatched by McCavity in front of everybody. And I'm like, was nobody paying attention? Did nobody see this shit happening? It's just a fucking stupid little story thing that I'm like, come on, yeah. man. Like nobody was watching him as he walked off the stage after that like performance that <laughs> That he supposedly like fucking you know ruled the stage with. Whatever. So I didn't
1: get like McCavity or why anything he did. Uh, so I looked at the the theater thing and apparently McCavity just shows up and like steals Deuteronomy and then the magic guy
0: like brings her back
1: and that's the extent of McCavity like and his stage presence. Um, so the shit the with like thing.
0: Gus. The shit with like Gus and Rebel yeah, Wilson. All
1: of that, that, all of that is added to the movie to give it a plot. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, man. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, that made me laugh because McCavity doesn't have any reason to do anything that he's doing. I mean, he wants to kidnap Get people to die. Layer. And yeah, but then. He's like evil and it seems like he's enjoying it the whole time yeah. so like why would yeah, he yeah. want to kill himself and no, it's never like, explain.
0: It it's sort of it's sort of confusing as well because like he needs the the only part that I understood was that he needs the approval of like Old Deuteronomy and everybody else to become like a jellicle cat in order to get to the heavy sad layer but like he's doing everything against them in order to piss them off to do what? Like he's not even going to be able to force them into it like if he he can fucking sing like you know <laughs> but it's it's, it's it's just, it's confusing. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what his fucking purpose is other than to be the antagonist. Like,
1: well, I think part of that, also, the McCavity, the fact that he kidnaps the two most physically inept actors who probably can't be on <laughs> set the whole time throughout all the songs, dancing like with all the professionally trained ballet dancers right, right, right. to tie them up in their own separate scenes probably is also a little convenient from a yeah. filming
0: perspective. <laughs> I mean, if I had to see Rebel Wilson try to like do ballet, I think I'd probably rather eat, you know, gutter trash out of a New York gutter than watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, want. That's, to that's see why Rebel they Wilson. did
1: that whole thing. They're like, okay, Rebel Wilson, she's contracted for like, and James 15 Corden, minutes, yeah. yeah, and James Warren, they're both contracted for 15 minutes of screen time. But we watch the <laughs> dancing; and it's not that great, and we yeah. don't want them in all the other songs because they're attention hogs and they want no. their fucking interlude like Rebel wilson has all these little like i'm guessing they're like ad libs or something inserted into a couple of the songs it's just like annoying so maybe (laughs) tom hooper was like okay we need the side side sidetrack story to get them the fuck out of the studio (laughs) so we can film the real movie the rest
0: of it yeah i don't know no you you know what the real movie is paul is that the next scene after what i was talking about moves on to a fucking tap dancing cat and i'm like oh god damn it to fucking hell like what's next a fucking mime like fuck you Andrew Lloyd Weber like but the song the song that the tap dancing cat does is like about trains and that the cat supervises them all because this is what we want to spend 95 million dollars on these days is a fucking cat talking about supervising trains all of this is for terrible cat people out there who do that shitty cat person smile and they see their cat being a dick and they think it's cute you know the smile that I'm talking about Paul like, that's what this movie fucking is for, man. Like, cats are dicks. <laughs> then Paul, after all this shit, Taylor Swift shows up because why not? We may as well put a fucking. I thought
1: maybe she was in the makeup the whole time, like throughout the yeah, whole movie. And you movie. just missed
0: her. Was like, oh, okay.
1: There's Taylor yeah, Swift, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she wrote she wrote a song for this movie. I guess. Yeah. She won a Golden Globe. Oh no, no, yeah, no. no, no, no.
0: She, she got she got nominated for the oh. Golden. Globe and went. Oof yeah 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 thank god it didn't make it to the oscars holy yeah. christ can but, you imagine if this was in contention for an oscar
1: but she doesn't even sing her own song and i was like oh, okay then yeah doesn't
0: make any sense, but it's like but... dude it's taylor swift because like why not we may as well throw a grammy winning audience in there but she's like she's this over sexualized representation of pussy yes i made that pun with catnip and again so everyone can snicker and say oh my cat does that when they have catnip <laughs> you know like it's fucking it's fucking stupid man. Very relatable. You know what I didn't, you know what I didn't realize is that when I was doing research for this movie is that I always thought the catnip was kind of like cats weed, you know, like they kind of get like zoned out on, you know, like if you were to smoke weed as a human being, but I was reading the catnip actually has an effect on a cat. That's similar to what cocaine has on human beings. I'm like, Oh my God, that makes so much fucking sense. Like I've literally seen cats like smearing their face in it. Like they're Tony Montana trying to get that shit. (laughs) my god but the whole song is about like macavity is their high so they're singing about the main villain that's okay now but it seems like for being a mythical master of deceit that he supposedly is he's so fucking well known to everybody and I'm like okay so is he like this mythical like cat that is able to do this kind of shit and everybody kind of whispers his name or are they gonna have a whole goddamn Broadway song about him where everybody fucking knows about (laughs) macavity and sings about him but idris idris shows up nude on the perch of the egyptian and dancing with taylor swift is perhaps the saddest image of this movie man like he shows up (laughs) without his fucking hat and without his fucking coat and then he goes on that like dance sequence with taylor on the fucking stairs and i'm just like i don't know what's happening like i'm I'm still fucking scared but i can't remember i think it was i think it was jason derillo but like one of the stars was upset because they erased his like cat bulge of where his penis was going (laughs) to In post, I think Uh, it was Jason Darillo, but I remember.
1: come on I'm bigger than that god damn it I stuffed <laughs> my sock in there and everything you just got rid of my stuff
0: so Mesostopheles needs everybody the, the fucking magical cat that can do magic he needs the whole company to encourage him for his powers to work and I guess fuck the rest of the cats being held by Mccavity because the only, the only cat that he brings back is old Deuteronomy and everybody just kind of forgets about all the other cats they're just like oh fuck it like old Deuteronomy's <laughs> back that's all that matters but he couldn't bring her back for five fucking tries Paul but now all the goddamn bouquet like bouquets of flowers and horns are like floating during this dance sequence supposedly by him I'm like you can't can't do your fucking magic and then all of a sudden have like this telepathic ability in order to float all this shit and do this fucking symphony bullshit (laughs) like it doesn't make any fucking I mean I know I shouldn't be looking for movies making sense at this point in this movie but it's like it doesn't make any sense in terms of his power man it's
1: far gone Beyond sense or good taste <laughs> or, Dude, or, or what, worth what? living anymore. It just yeah.
0: what well, one of the moments in this movie that really made me cringe is uh Judy Dench when she gets back, she rubs noses with Victoria and they start like fucking rubbing necks together, and I'm like, oh my god. Like please don't tell me that's what I'm seeing right now, is Judy Dench like fucking nuzzling up to another actor. <laughs> But, you know, they they get to the boat and they show, you know, old Deuteronomy comes back and like Rebel Wilson is still on the boat with the growl tiger. And Rebel Wilson is somehow able to escape her bonds because she unzips her fur. And somehow after she unzips her fur and gets out of the chain, she detaches the chain and uses it as a weapon. But then we have the second, we have Mm -hmm. the second fail video moment where she swings it around and smacks herself in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And then she uses the fucking pun, dude. Don't mess with the crazy cat lady. Like, fuck you, dude. That's what I said. I yelled that. Oh, my God. Oh, my (laughs) God. But then but then it it gets even worse because James Corden hacks up a fucking hairball at Growl Tiger. Like this movie just gets disgusting on top of being stupid. Because like, okay, so cats, other than cats constantly licking their own asshole, them they hacking didn't show
1: a, in that movie. In yeah, this movie, but,
0: um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I think that would have pushed it into an R rating at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but, but
1: you know, like we, some fan film is going to come out with exactly
0: exact Oh that. dude for sure you know you take a little bit of Would Adobe you? After Effects and you can bend <laughs> Rebel Wilson's face in her own crotch for sure you know Ray, Ray Winstone dies at this moment he gets pushed off the end of the boat and thank god he gets departed from this movie because it's like yeah. this project is almost as bad and underwhelming as Russell Crowe's death in Les Mis where he falls <laughs> off the fucking bridge <laughs> he has that weird <laughs> splatter sound <laughs> that we talked about <laughs> i couldn't stop laughing <laughs> wait did oh, you laugh no. in the theater i did dude <laughs> I, I i was in where the fuck was i I think oh, I, I think i was okay. in boston i don't remember where i was but i think i was in boston i remember that like that moment happened and i fucking laughed and caitlin looked at me and she was like what the hell's wrong with you and i was like dude like how the fuck can i not laugh at that like, you know, like- yeah yeah. a weird splatter sound man but <laughs> you yeah. <laughs> Going back to this movie, but oh, now that everyone isn't looking, it's okay to take pity on the destitute black cat and said, "Cheer up, bitch!" Everybody's inside having their like good time, and Victoria wanders out and finds the destitute black cat and says, "Like it's okay, you know, like uh, you know, blah 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 blah." And she because no one's looking, Deuteronomy's not looking, nobody's looking. Here's my mega dumb fuck moment that I had talked about earlier. The white girl Victoria commands black cat played by Jennifer Hudson to sing for the approval of the other white cats (laughs) so fitting because like black people in in america are somehow only acceptable if they can entertain and the moment that the entertainment stops and they have a fucking voice like colin kaepernick all of a sudden they're like (laughs) oh fuck you blah, blah blah until then they deserve to be on the fucking street Fuck you, Tom Hooper. Seriously. Fuck you, dude. Like this is this is what you're trying to say here. I know that again, I know I'm not supposed to be reading into this, but this is all that I see. The black actress is fighting for the approval of the white actress, and she can only be accepted if she can entertain the white people. I'm like, God damn it, dude. This is this is it keeps going, dude. And everybody hears the <laughs> black the black cat's tale of woe and pain and decides that her story gives them perspective on how they don't don't have it so bad you know what they call that they call it cultural tourism and it's a fucking center pillar of the white savior movie the blind side green book driving miss daisy they all share this common thread oh wow my life isn't as bad as yours oh my god that gives me so much perspective and the white person gives the black person the thing that they couldn't achieve without the white person thereby absolving the white person (laughs) of any guilt for having treated other black people like shit i know this is cats but the message is there they can't even break away from it for fucking cats is their subject dude they nuzzle and fuck 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 fuck, i mean
1: (laughs) and if you think about it they're like okay we approve and now you can go die and be reborn as a
0: white cat yeah
1: voted that you can join the club
0: hang on my (laughs) my dumb fuck moment isn't done yet because She even... Dude, Jennifer Hudson, the black cat, even thanks her white savior for helping her. She looks at her and she says, thank you. And then they put the fucking black cat in the chandelier. They do the magic thing where they light all the candles on fire and they lift up the balloon into the sky. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to shift back here to a second to contextual. They put a cat in a balloon to fly up into the air and die. But textually, it's a black cat being put in a balloon by white cats to fly off into the air and die. So this is a fucking white murder cult killing a black cat. This is what's happening in this scene, Paul. Like... Let, let's move on. Let's move on to the final sunrising scene because fucking Judy Dench has this line that says, the mystical divinity of unashamed felinity. And I'm like, Jesus Christ on rubber crutches. Like, this is what you're rhyming near the end of the movie. Uh, but Dame Judy Dench breaks the fourth wall in the final moments to turn to the viewer and tell them to be understanding of cats and that they are much like you. So, what are we, Paul? Are we all. Three minutes straight. Are we all. <laughs> Here's the thing. What is she trying to bring to our attention? If we're all like cats, and I've just watched this movie about cats dancing around and being unthankful for everything and bitching and complaining, are we all cunts? Is that what she's trying to say? That the entirety of the human race is cunts?
1: Yes, and not like dogs. was the whole point of
0: the Dogs. Dags. Dogs. Okay, not dags. like dogs. Du- dags. Like dags. Sure, I like <laughs> dags. <laughs> <laughs> but then she says with profound refrain a cat is not a dog what you've been alluding to this movie that you can't speak nail the cat acknowledges you and i'm like dude okay so i i know that this is a thing with cats that you're not supposed to like fucking like treat them like dogs and like they'll come around to you if they like you blah blah, blah. but i'm like i still can't get over the fact that i feel like cats are stuck up as fuck I'm like a cat. A cat is entitled to expect shows of respect. You eat because of me, motherfucker. You don't live because, (laughs) like, I don't feed you. You know what I mean? You don't like it. There's the door. Get the fuck out. You can go eat mice. Mm -hmm. But like that—that always bothered me about cats. I'm like, dude, I feed you. You know, I'm the source of your food. So if you—if I never let you outside, you are fucked. You're gonna starve to death if you don't come around. You know what I mean? Yeah. But besides that,
1: you're just not a cat person, game.
0: No, I'm not I a cat don't person. Understand, <laughs> But so, so the old white cat tells the young white cat she is worthy of love. But the cat, the black cat sails off into the sky, surely to die. And they roll credits, Paul, at their selfishness, trapping and killing a black <laughs> cat. Is this the story of cats, dude? Like, I, I honestly want to know. Like, I've never seen the musical or listened to it. But like, is this the real fucking story? Who the fuck thought this was okay? I mean, there's no okay?
1: real st- Story to it it's just a bunch of like an ex- it's an excuse to make a bunch of songs about cats singing different things about different cat personalities i guess <laughs> and, and that's <laughs> about all i know
0: oh god there's no but, like, plot
1: to the the musical as far as i know there's just it's just an exhibition kind of musical
0: avant-garde type thing i don't know is that is that what this is supposed to be is like avant-garde i i don't know <laughs> What to but, do with this movie here. But Paul, they roll credits, and I have to say, like, go fuck yourself, Tom Hooper. We gave you David <laughs> Fincher's Oscar. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck Hold you. On, fuck on.
1: Like, I think this movie is gonna have a place as the new king of most hated and fun to hate <laughs> movies
0: well like the room you, previous to this yeah
1: that you're i think there's gonna be a giant if there isn't already i mean once covid goes away there's gonna be <laughs> a giant following of people that want to go to like alamo draft house or whatever Midnight dress up as weird yeah midnight shows dress up as weird cats and like throw popcorn at the screen and (laughs) bend over and show each other their assholes or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But it's gonna I think it's gonna be a big cult thing similar to Rocky horror. Or something like that.
0: I mean, and, I I could sure. see that at some point, you know. it's just I I I don't know, man. Like Rocky Horror has like this weird charm about it because of Frankenfurter and his in his interactions with Meatloaf and how he constantly mm. tells Susan Sarandon to shut the fuck up throughout that movie. <laughs> but, like, there's there's something kind of charming about that. But like this movie, there's nothing there's nothing to attach to. Like, there's not like a character. I mean, maybe jo- James Corden's like fat ass bullshit thing or Rebel Wilson Rebel Wilson's fat ass bullshit thing maybe you could latch on to that but like nobody's gonna show up to a midnight showing like dressed as gus you know like it'd just be sad
1: (laughs) i would probably in like a year or two if there was a a midnight showing with some crazy cult following i'd probably go just to experience that just to see how much shit they could throw at this movie it's an interesting there's a lot there's a lot going on that screaming and horror. I mean, imagine watching this and the little mice come up and the whole audience screams in horror. That would be a fun, that would be a fun thing to do. I think,
0: I don't know. Possibly. Possibly. So everyone, I want to cheer you up from this bullshit because I wanted to wait until the end for my sandwich beef in order to cheer you up. First and foremost, apologies to my friends who live in Buffalo for this one, but I want to talk about Charlie the Butcher. Charlie the Butcher is a deli slash restaurant slash meat shop in Buffalo near the fucking airport. So Charlie the Butcher is in Buffalo, New York, does a great regional sandwich known as the Beef on Weck. Okay, I want to talk about this for a second because beef on weck is dope, dude. I'm not gonna talk shit about how I like garbage platters, which is like a Rochester specialty, more <laughs> mm-hmm. than I like beef on weck. I want to give props where it's due before I complain. Charlie the butcher has amazing roast beef, dude. Like I've never had roast beef that was this tasty or this oh, juicy sure. in my life. Like it's yeah. fucking delicious. But it's the juiciest and most tender and tastiest roast beef I've ever had, bar none. Charlie the butcher in Buffalo. But Charlie the Butcher fucks up the kimmelweck roll, and so for background, a beef on weck is simply thin-cut roast beef. Charlie the Butcher does thick cut, but like thin-cut roast beef on a kimmelweck roll that is dipped in a jus and spread with horseradish. Hence, beef on weck chemo weck wek. So, a roll, a wek roll is a roll that is topped with kosher salt and caraway seeds, okay? So, the problem that comes into play here is the rolls at Charlie the Butcher vary in the amount of salt on the roll. As you know, Paul, I'm a huge salt fan, man. I love putting salt on literally everything. Oh, yeah. Salt so is much... the
1: flavor of life, man.
0: Oh, dude, yeah. I love it. But So much so, when I used to go to the movies prior to all of this COVID shit, I would ask for a Dixie cup so that way I could literally pour an inch of salt in (laughs) the cup so that way, throughout the movie, I could sprinkle salt on my popcorn as I was making my way to the bottom. So that way, it wasn't uneven in the salting. <laughs> <laughs> Even though salt is my thing, I have a small part of my kitchen cabinet specifically reserved for different kinds of salt, like ghost pepper salt, and I have a Pinot Noir salt and a lemon salt. What's what's
1: salt. your what's your brand of kosher salt?
0: I mean, for me, it kind of varies. I try to find something that's like not brand name. Like, if, I'm not gonna get like Morton or whatever. I just try uh-huh. to find something. think it's like more local or more like
1: small do you go for kosher salt where you like I go
0: for kosher salt yeah kosher salt's know. fine if I can't find anything else I'll get kosher salt but like I like pink Himalayan if I'm gonna go for salt but I my my main salt that I love right now is that I have this I have this green chili lavender salt from purple adobe lavender in uh, in Abiquiu, New Mexico that's fucking yeah. like it brings out the flavor of avocado like incredibly like the lavender huh. brings out that nuttiness of the avocado that's so fucking good dude it's so good but anyway Charlie the butcher his given me some cumulwick rolls with so much salt on them it makes my <laughs> mouth burn. It makes my mouth burn like Ooh, a snail yeah. encountering salt. And I have had many times to scrape the salt off of the bun because there's oh, so much bad, salt man. in the bun with a pocket knife prior to me eating it because I couldn't <laughs> handle the ex- excessive salt. If you salt the, bu- the bun too much Charlie, you fuck up the sandwich. How am I supposed to be able to taste the subtlety of the slow roasted roast beef if you're making me eat a fucking cup of salt on the goddamn bun. I love you, Buffalo, and I love you, Charlie, but you got to get your shit together, man. Like the Camelback <laughs> roll has to have some sort of like consistency to it because Charlie the butcher, I'll go there one time and I like I dig it, and then the next time I get the beef on whack and I'm like, goddamn, dude, like scraping. The... It's like you know when they <laughs> dip a when they dip a pretzel in the salt, yeah, and like the pretzel is too wet and it's just like covered in fucking salt. Oh, it's salt. like a very yeah. There's a very specific like ratio of salt to bun yeah. that you're supposed to have here, yeah. and they fuck that up. There's a so, line
1: that you can cross, and then it's yeah. just too much salt.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah but they that, up. that is my sandwich beef this week, people. Again, I love you, Buffalo, and I had some great pierogies when I was in Buffalo because there's a shitload of Polish people up there. Oh, yeah. oh dude, I love pierogies. <laughs> yeah, they are
1: good. Yeah. It, Cleveland has a lot of Polish people. That That's a yeah. good place to go. Dude, five.
0: Uh in in uh oh fuck no in uh in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, they have this weird thing in bars in Pittsburgh that you can go into bars and they have like instead of having like peanuts on the bar, they have like boats of bacon just like sitting on the bar and you can eat bacon while you're drinking your drink. And I was like, I God that. damn, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> did did you have anything yeah. else to say about this movie? I know that you wanted to talk about Lay Miz for a second and how this movie got fucked up because of Les Miz.
1: Yeah, I mean From my understanding, this was Universal's like we're gonna fucking all right. Cats is a huge property, billion dollar at least. Yeah, right. Running for forty years, and so when Les Mis came out and Anne Hathaway won her Oscar, they're like, oh, what? What can we grab? What Broadway thing can we grab and turn into? movie and we'll just get tom hooper to do it and we're <laughs> gonna get some oscar gold and uh, you know so that's how they ended up picking this even though it's a bad idea to try to adapt <laughs> this into a movie and that's why steven spielberg could never figure it out for you know fucking 20 years or however long he had yeah. the rights to this because it's just it doesn't work in it's unadaptable film. Yeah, but they did it anyways. And this is what fucking happens. That's why (laughs) you don't do it. And hopefully the silver lining of all this is they don't try to take Hamilton and turn that into a movie or something like that. Hopefully that will scare the shit out of Disney. Yeah. Won't try it with Hamilton. I hope so.
0: Dude, did you see Hamilton on uh, Disney (laughs) Plus? Yeah, I loved it.
1: I loved it. I loved it too, man. It's fucking
0: brilliant, man. It's a brilliant piece of work.
1: McCarthy Grant's, there's something about those like, you just take someone and you're like oh here's here's a hundred thousand dollars a year for like six years go do whatever <laughs> the fuck you want and this guy they give him mccarthy grant and he comes back with hamilton yep.
0: that's pretty badass dude right oh now. my god my my favorite thing my favorite thing about hamilton is david diggs playing thomas jefferson yeah. like he is a fucking treasure man like i love that yeah. guy if you haven't seen blind spotting dude he's in blind spotting and it's it's yeah. very much about exactly what we're going through right now about like police brutality toward black people and he has this rap near the end of the movie where he has a cop cornered and he can take this cop hostage in order to force his point and he does this rap that is brilliant dude like it's one of the best fucking scenes I've ever seen in a movie like bar none that put it to the top of the list for me that year when that came out blind spotting huh blind spotting dude did you did you have anything else to say about this Paul I don't know trying to sit through this again would be I would rather eat glass like fucking (laughs) John Cassidy of ease, then fucking sit through this again
1: yeah don't I mean, don't watch it in a dark room by yourself no i don't know maybe it would be good if you dropped acid or dude i, I would be afraid or i would be afraid like to do halluc- hallucinogenics
0: this? before i saw this I don't shit know. <laughs> do not listen to paul in this sense like this is it's <laughs> a bad idea <laughs> Listeners, this is the 2019 movie Cats. It is an absolute abomination. Like I cannot use that word strongly enough. I have no words to describe how fucking it is
1: kind of is. the perfect word for this movie.
0: It is just if you
1: think about the island of Dr. Moreau and how he's like (laughs) getting all those genetically mixed human animal things, that's what this is. It's an abomination of nature. It
0: is enough. I am an atheist, but this is an (laughs) affront to God, dude. Like, (laughs) god damn it, this is so bad. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Like, comment, subscribe, share, all that shit. If you think that this movie is good, I would love to hear your opinion. I'm not joking send me a video essay or something about how i'm full of shit because this is this is the worst fucking thing i've ever seen like (laughs) bar none of all the bad movies i've seen over the years this is the worst but please once again guys we enjoy having you here this is the movie dicks podcast and i'm gabriel chavez and i'm paul shindle good night guys thank you Yeah. later guys